quiet time, no matter how you do it, is eventually going to grow stale. That's just mm -hmm. life. And yeah. you kind of have to accept that everything wears out except for Jesus. Right. Mm. Everything. The more tools that you have in your toolbox, the more brushes that you have, yep. the easier it is to pick up another one yeah. when one of the others starts to run dry. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So if, if something is running dry in your life, try changing to one of these other ones. Yeah. Pick another one that you think might work for you yeah. and switch to that. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, welcome back. It's season three of the Real Talk Podcast. Hey, what? Yes. With Anson, Kara, and Isaac. How was your guys' summer break? It oh was good. Yeah? It was so nice. It was eventful. I didn't get any bit of a tan. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was going to happen. No Me tan. Either. Huh? Yeah. Mostly, there, mostly stayed inside. There was there was no tanning, but it was that's good though. I think that's the perfect kind of summer where you you soak in all the air conditioning. Uh -huh. Aha. Yes. <laughs> yes, an air conditioning tan is that a yeah. thing? No. Okay. <laughs> well, in any case, we're excited to be back for season three. Yes. Yay. Of the Real Talk podcast. Yes, yes. Real Talk is a show where we get real about everything from current events to culture, to faith. The conversation for this week's episode, it's titled Quiet Time. Uh, if you're familiar with evangelical Christian circles, you're familiar with that phrase, right? Yes, yes, very much so. I mean, it's something that is very part and parcel of Christianity in America, evangelicalism in America. And we got actually a really great question from one of our beta testers, Dana, who responded to one of the Real FM beta tester surveys where we were asking for some topics for season three of the Real Talk podcast. And Dana asked the question, how do we go about having a quiet time with God or developing our relationship with God in a culture of busyness mm. where we have all this stuff happening and going on things that can distract us and, and take our focus away from that priority. How do we make that a priority in that type of environment? Which I think is a really good question. A fantastic question. Yeah. Because it's definitely something that I have struggled with pretty much since forever. Uh, yeah. Trying to make that spiritual discipline a regular part of my life. Oh my gosh. And yeah. based on my initial conversations with you guys, <laughs> it sounds like this is a, a relatively universal struggle. Yeah. Basically, I was like, I have no idea. Let's talk about that because I I pretty much suck at this. Yeah, I was borderline like, I'm terrible. Why mm -hmm. would we do this episode? Right. <laughs> right? I, I don't want to talk about this. But hey, that's the whole point of real talk, real talk. right? That's why we call the show what we call it. <laughs> yep. Because we're going to get real about this stuff. We're not going to gloss over and say, oh, yeah, you know, we yeah. just pull out our Bible every morning at 530 and <laughs> eat our huevos rancheros and study. Our, I mean, <laughs> That's, oh, all, the, that's all what your morning looks deep, like, Isaac? The deep cut Christian Mexican food references have wow. already begun. That's Season awesome. three is going to be lit. I don't know about you guys, but I eat my delicious gourmet breakfast out on my screened in back porch while studying my Bible and taking Instagram pics of the sunset. Yes. Oh, oh, sunrise. Sorry. Sunrise. I got yeah, that wrong. This is your all right. I'm, you can tell I'm an time. imposter. <laughs> I can't even get, I'm like sunset. That's the only sun thing I ever actually see. <laughs> Never up in time for a sunrise. Fair. So that's what we're going to tackle on this week's show. But first, the shameless plug. And mm. I've kind of hinted at it, actually. The shameless plug for this week is the Real FM Beta Tester Program, which I know we've talked about before. But we're going to try a couple things that are a little bit different on season three of Real Talk that will make being a beta tester an opportunity for you to be involved a little bit more in each podcast episode. Yes. So, for example, like I said, Dana, one of our listeners, is the person who came up with this topic for this show. Yay. We've got uh, quite a few other episodes that we're going to be doing as a part of season three, and we don't have all of the topics picked out for them yet. In That's fact, right. I don't know if we have any of them picked out yeah. yet. <laughs> we would love to have your help in picking out topics for episodes. So yeah. if there's something you want to hear us discuss, an issue that you're like, you know what? I bet Anson and Kara and Isaac really suck at that thing. Let's make them talk about that. <laughs> this you is the can... season where we just let yeah. ourselves just exactly. completely be exposed to criticism. <laughs> exactly. And... Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> so you can share your thoughts with us on what topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast. So you can do that through our surveys that we do with the beta testers, or you can always send us uh, a social media message or an That's email. Right. Or you can join our Real FM Beta Tester Facebook group. You can do that by going to the Real FM Facebook page, clicking on groups. You can sign up for that group and you can share some ideas for podcast 
topics there. One other thing that we're going to be doing in the show for season three is at the end of each show, we like to do our on repeats for this week. That's something we've been doing since the show started where we talk about different songs that we've been enjoying for the week, right? Well, we thought maybe for season three, we'd switch it up just a little bit. So one of us is still going to share a personal song that we're excited about, but we're also going to represent the voice of the people. <laughs> yes. That's Starting you. this week, Isaac is going to uh, represent the voice of our beta testers with their on-repeat selection. Yes. So whatever the top song was in the beta tester survey, Isaac is going to share why he either is on the same page as our beta testers <laughs> or he's not so much. And sometimes Uh, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, but I will give you something to chew on about it. So Isaac's going to do that for this week. And this week I am going to do the beta tester, not on repeat, but on delete, Uh. which is the... (laughs) Least favorite song that Real FM is playing right yes. now, yes. according to the beta testers. And I'm going to do the same thing, either agree or disagree, yeah. depending on the song. So yeah. just another way for you to be involved with what's happening on the podcast. Sign up to be a Real FM beta tester and you can be a part of what we're doing here on the show. All right. Awesome. Yeah. What we're into this week, Kara, I think we're going to start with you. Yes. We were talking about the summer. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of an eventful summer in August. I actually got engaged. Woo! So Oh, that was very gratifying. You guys did the like, the girly like, yay! Good job. That was a crowd of young women that was just in here. I don't know what you're talking about. Well done. I'm impressed. So yeah, that happened this summer. And so the wedding is in November. So a lot of the, what I'm into is probably going to be wedding centered. Just warning you guys. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry in advance. Mm-hmm. But this week's is kind of fun. I am really into picking out wedding music right now. Ah. Oh, this is this is a thing. This like, is an important part of the process. It's such an important part of the process. And I am obsessed with music and this is like in the zone. And so <laughs> yeah. my fiance and I just took a road trip to Nebraska to see my family. And so on the way, I'm like, okay, pulling out playlists. And I'm ah. like, let's listen. And, okay. you know, like all these different options. And, you know, you've got your like reception playlist where it's got all the fun classics like at last. And you've got the Frank Sinatra's mm. and then all of those songs. And then you've got the ceremony playlist where like okay these are the super meaningful like important songs which is harder than I thought I have it kind of narrowed down but I keep changing my mind I keep going like I want this like really pretty instrumental no I want it to have words that fit perfectly you're building a vibe I know you you gotta like build the vibe up it's so important honestly I'm kind of amazed that you didn't already have all of these picked out like you didn't have like this like list of like (laughs) for the last like 10 years of like this is what it's gonna be it's gonna be this no I mean I love music so much that I feel like I hear new songs and I'm like, oh, but that one. And so I you're going to have to have like a five hour long ceremony <laughs> just to fit in all of the all songs. The you, like, I'm going to walk down the aisle, yeah. but really, really slowly <laughs> so we can listen to like an entire album's worth or, of songs. Or I could just walk down, turn around and do it again. Yeah. Like, do there it like five times. I've been waiting 10 years for this. I'm going to walk down the aisle different, 10 times. Different themes and different exactly. vibes for yeah. each walk. Yeah. Exactly. And there are so many things to choose from, you guys. I always thought maybe I want Chopin and this like beautiful cello music mm. to walk into but then you're over here and i'm like i found some vitamin string quartet there's a whole album called wedding geek songs <laughs> oh and God. so there's like the doctor who theme song and like <laughs> this pretty orchestral music and i'm like okay well now i'm confused and then this week i listened to a new song that was just these really sweet words and i was like but maybe it needs to have words because my heart is so full i need it to have words so we can all cry and i'm like is wait Cody, that's not good is he a big music guy like, he likes he... music he's very much being a really good sport about this he's like you know what this is literally your job uh, he's like, hands off. He's giving feedback, but he's like, I want you to be really happy okay. with these selections, especially the ceremony. And we've talked about different ideas and I've changed actually some of my ideas. He's like, I think I like this one a little better than this one. And so yeah. it's good. It's, it's been good. good. Pl- he's playing the right role. There. He is. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. He's a smart guy. <laughs> he's being a good sport. So well, he probably saw it's your 30,000 playlists. I know. Was like, I know. No. Okay. Oh, like, all right, we're going to have to, gonna yeah. have to help right. prepare this down <laughs> just a little bit here. Exactly. <laughs> so he's doing all the right things, but it's been really fun. So I feel like I wake up every morning and on the way to work, I'm listening to like 10 different versions of the same song. Like, which one do I want for this particular piece? So that's what I'm into. This We're going to have to check back with yeah. you in a few weeks yeah. and yes. see if you've made any progress or if it's, or if it's expanded. It's yeah. just grown. I've yeah. just added twice as many songs. Exactly. Oh, the thing that I'm into this week <laughs> is uh, tea drinking or rather trying to become a more fashioned tea drinker. Ooh. Because here's the deal. I've been drinking coffee for like a billion years. <laughs> And as Came much out as, of the womb, yeah, and coffee. as much as I love coffee and listen, it's a deep, profound. Yes. Love. I would marry coffee if I could, <laughs> but I'm kind of getting to this point where like I've gone through all of the local like 
beans that I've uh-huh. tried, all the roast, and I'm like, all right, I, I need something different. Oh, and your coffee's getting wow. stale, huh? I don't, I don't even want to admit that it's getting I stale. I didn't know that could happen I to, didn't uh, to you, Isaac. <sighs> I know. So because of that, I'm trying to get into the world of tea drinking, and uh, conveniently, I have some friends that are just very in the know with tea. I love tea. And the thing about tea is that like it's different from coffee in that you can take a smidge of one tea and blend it with other teas oh. for your specific type of Build-A-Bear workshop as <laughs> tea experience. Okay. And That's awesome. I was getting the rundown the other day and I honestly felt like I was taking a Latin class where he was like, <laughs> all right, this is the raspberry rubius and we blend this one with a deep chocolate coconut blend. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and he makes this amazing tea mixture he steeps it like halfway. He waits 10 minutes and steeps it again. What? And then dashes it with a little bit of milk. And he's like, here's your tea. And it felt like my Jedi master was handing me wow. like my first scroll to study. <laughs> and I drank it and it tasted amazing. And then I tried to recreate it and it tasted. <laughs> I just have to think like if you got a cup and ran it in the gutter when it was raining. <laughs> And you heated that up. That's what I made. Uh (laughs) And I just got a tea. Yeah. There's a skill to this. There is a skill. And I thought going online to like the tea communities and the tea subreddits would help me. Uh It hasn't. It's just people bashing on other people (laughs) who don't drink tea. And I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Maybe you should have started with your own tea. Before oh. you got into drinking like the experts tea, maybe yeah, so, yeah. so that you would have been more impressed by your own, you but know, because like, now you've it. tasted the pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. And so anything less is not going to be good enough. The thing is, though, I want to be that person now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to go straight there. Impressive tea drinker now. Uh, young Padawan. <laughs> so much to learn. You have so bad. So bad. What's funny is I'm a tea drinker. I drink fancy teas. Yeah. I didn't know you could mix it. I've never done that. You're oh, yeah. blowing my never mind over here right up. now. This guy has like glass mason jars of what? different strains of wow. tea. That's it looks am- like a dispensary almost. Of That's like serious. Tea. Yeah, it's crazy. See, when I think about tea, I, I like iced tea, which is like. No, a, no, no, and, no, no, And no. like tea people. Would, See, this is what they're like. <laughs> tea people would they be know. so offended by Sorry. that. They're like, iced <laughs> tea. Like, what is like that's Yes. It's not tea. Like, oh, goodness. Anson, yes. what they do. At that's their wrong fancy, tea. So what wrong. they do at their fancy tea party is they talk about us and they're like, exactly. they do. people those, drink iced those tea. Iced tea. Iced tea. So silly. I recently. I'm trying to be a little healthier and I can't drink coffee without it tasting like dessert, which means Mm. it's super unhealthy because you just dump all this like sugar and creamer in it. Mm. So I'm trying to move back towards tea because it tastes good and you can put like artificial sweetener. I put put, like stevia in it, which is healthier Uh, and I like the way it tastes. I know you don't. Or honey. Like I like the way it tastes with that. (laughs) And then a little bit of like milk or almond milk and it tastes like a treat without quite as many bad things in it. Right now I've been working on it. Tea shame is real. Stop (laughs) Stop. Hashtag stop tea shaming. We're going to get through this. Sorry. All right. What I'm into this week, old school arcade games. Ooh. So this uh, last weekend, I went to a friend's bachelor party. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, a lot of fun. We had a good time. We ended up going to this place that was kind of a, a bar arcade mix kind yeah. of place. And it was actually really, really cool because they had all of these super old classic arcade games nice. all over fun. the place. And this place was packed. It was in Kansas City. Yeah. And people were completely into this. Wow. Yeah. And, and so we go there and they had like half price tokens or something when we go there. So I spent like five bucks and got this massive cup full <laughs> of tokens. But it was so much fun. Like me and three other guys we played the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, <laughs> like the classic oh, one that was yes. on like the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, man. We discovered the only way that you can beat the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game is to just feed the thing tokens <laughs> because you're dying constantly. Like this is how our old oh, arcade games work. Yeah. yeah, You die like every 10 seconds and have to put in another coin to yeah. keep playing, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. so we ended up beating the whole entire game. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I don't know how much money we spent to actually <laughs> accomplish that feat. We decided decided the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should be renamed to like the venture capitalist backed <laughs> Ninja Turtles. So we're like, with enough cash, the turtles can beat Shredder and anyone. Teenage oh capitalist America. Exactly. But they yes. have to be backed financially to be able to do that because you die so much. That's fantastic. I mean, literally all you do is you just like go over to the bad guys and like smash the attack button. Yeah. And then they just beat the snot out of you. The bad guys do. And you keep feeding it tokens to go back and, and, and you know, the hit the little bad guy on the knees with your stick or whatever. If you're Donatello. Seems a little inefficient. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, they, they're, they don't feel super heroic. Yeah. But 
yeah. at the end of the day, we got the job done. Good so. job. Nice. And then we played, you know, like those shooter games where you shoot the zombies yes. and things yes. like that. All the way back to like classic like Pac-Man stuff oh like that. Oh my goodness. That's the, awesome. The funnest game that we played though was, I, I can't even remember the name of it. It was like something about bees, like Queen Bee or something like that. Oh. And it was this new arcade game. And there's basically these two TV screens and they're lined up opposite one another. It's a multiplayer game where you all play at the same time. You can have up to 10 players. So you have five people on one side and five on the other. And it's this like complicated game where like one player on each team is like the queen bee and everyone else are like these worker bees. And so what you do is you pick up these little like things of pollen and it can it can. You can either put them into like the hive for like an economic victory, or you can take them and it like transforms you into a warrior where you can go and like fight the other bees. So you have like these 10 bees all running around five on each team trying to kill each other or like gather pollen and stuff. And then if you kill the other team's queen like three times, that's another way you can win. Oh my gosh. So we had 10 grown men. Playing this weird, silly queen bee game. I love it. And we probably spent fifty dollars <laughs> oh playing gosh. this game for like over an hour. You're like, I want to think that there is like a line of small children behind. Yeah, you. probably. Mister, we're like, can we're we like, play? Get away, kid! Like, no we got this game all afternoon. Kind of a thing. I got this barrel of tokens. <laughs> exactly. I mean, by the end, we're like screaming and yelling oh and like, God. yeah. Every time we killed the queen or whatever, and then like the game is progressing. We're like trying to figure out, you know, well, I really think it's like a military meta right now. You know, I feel oh. like that's stronger than the economic meta. So the Anson's best got his laptop is, and spreadsheets exactly. out. Exactly, we're all like calculating like the optimal ways to win this game. And oh my god! So basically, yeah, us Funny. ten like thirty something men, we got obsessed yeah. with yeah. this Queen Bee game. Wow! Played it for well over an hour in this arcade. <laughs> that is beautiful. And that was pretty much the bachelor party. <laughs> like there's there's these you know stereotypes of what a bachelor party is. Yes, yeah, sure. Like no, we're just nerdy people hanging yeah, out in an arcade playing some Queen Bee game for hours Sounds on end. Fun. I love it. It was a good time. All right, so now it's time for some new features on the podcast. We're kind of excited about these. And first one I'm going to take today, it's called How to Adult, where we navigate the potholes of adulthood together. And that can either be, hey, I need help navigating this, or here's something I tried to navigate this week and maybe failed miserably. <laughs> either you drove <laughs> through the succeeded. pothole yes. or popped a tire in the pothole. <laughs> yeah, Either gotcha. way. Yes. yes. So my thing that I'm navigating this week is being more of a responsible adult by making lists. And this is a tricky thing for me because I very easily forget things. Mm. And if I don't have a system to keep me on task, whether it's at work or in my personal life, things can fall through the cracks. Mm. And so I have a really good system at work. We use a program called Flow for interoffice communication and task management. And it's my favorite thing in the entire world. (laughs) I was literally not knowing how to do my job. And then I think it was Anson that brought this thing to the team. It's like, hey, we should try this. can't function without it. It just works on the same wavelength as your yes. brain. or It takes all of the brain junk. I just dump it all into flow and it holds it for me. Mm. Nice. But I can't figure out what the equivalent of that is in my normal life. Nah. I make lists, but it feels like they're scattered. It feels like I have one on my phone and one on this little notebook over here. And right now, wedding planning, you guys, mm. my brain is not holding all the information it needs to hold. And my fiance is really good at making lists and and staying on task and getting things done, which I really appreciate. But I'm learning like he can't just be the list guy and do all of it. I have to play too. And so I'm like, I have to fulfill my responsibilities and not let things fall through the cracks. But what's the best system and the best way to do that? And I've tried a few different things and we actually talked on the road trip home. I was like, I need to find something like this tool that I have at work. I don't know what the disconnect is with my personal life. Yeah. And the list thing. I, there's something about finding a system that works yeah. for you and it can be hard to do. Once you finally find one, a lot of times it can just kind of click and fall into place. Exactly. But when you're still searching for that thing, yeah. it's difficult. I, I don't know that I've found a good person solution for that either. I've tried certain apps and things like I know I've tried Evernote for a while or or certain things like that. And I've never 
quite found the one, yeah. I don't think either, yeah. that has really worked for me. I've yeah. also actually tried to use Flow, the one that we use here at work, yes. kind of just for like personal use as well, where you just have private tasks right, right. and use that section yeah. for kind of your personal stuff. Uh, that works okay. I tend yeah. to use that for like my freelance work stuff, oh, okay. but it's still kind of tied to work. Yeah. So I haven't used yeah. it as much just for like, here's a chore I need to do at home, something right. like that. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. I wish I had a good, I know, right? a good solution or suggestion for you, but I don't right. know that I've found one. So I'm not a note taker, yeah. but I'm a to-do list maker. So you're saying like yes. notes. I'm never someone who scribbles notes and then ever looks at them again. I was yeah. a terrible student in that regard, <laughs> but to-do lists kind of keep me on task. I've been using an app called Todoist. Todoist. So Ooh, yeah, I it's, haven't heard of this one. It's basically like all one word. I think Todoist. It's got a red icon. Yeah. Um, it's on App Store and Google Play, but I right. basically tap my Wednesday on my home screen and it subcategorizes your work and personal tasks Ooh. and you can prioritize one through four level priority. Yes. And that's honestly kept me on track. I may set it and forget it. I just wake up and check my to-doist in the morning and then I know, okay, like I got to do all this at work and I have that's meticulous awesome. my day charted out because I'm like you, I completely forget everything <laughs> I know, if I right? don't. So that's kind of my go-to. I just that's check that so out. so good. But okay, well, I'm downloading it as we, we speak. We actually kind of use to-doist. I don't, I haven't used it as much as you have, but we have a Google Home yes, at home. Yes, yes. And we've actually set it up to work with the to-doist app. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. And we use it for keeping track of grocery items. Yep. So oh. when something runs out in the kitchen, we need to add something to the grocery list. You can tell the Google Home to add it to the grocery list and it does. Yeah. And then it's that's synced awesome. for both my wife and I. When I add something, it shows up in the grocery list for both of us. Yeah. So you can share lists as well, yeah. right? Yeah, you can. That's I, what I was hoping for. Something yeah. that you could share. I think that we're a little bit in the golden age of like personal organization, yeah. but at the same time, there's so many different options that you can kind of get decision paralysis right. of like yeah there probably <laughs> are other good this? apps as well Right. That would work just as well, but you kind of got to pick one, I think, and just try it. There's a few others that I like the UI a little bit better. Like Google mm -hmm. has a tasks app, which okay. I really think is neat looking, but yeah. Todoist syncs really well. And I've kind of stuck with that for about a year. Okay. Well, thank you guys for helping me navigate that problem. All right, and now it's time for number two, the new feature uh, that we've added to the podcast. It's overrated, where we mercilessly <laughs> roast everyone's favorite nouns. <laughs> I think that was my description of that it was yesterday. Isaac's, yeah. I bring yeah. that smoke to all the things that you love. Yes, and, and nouns just, we had to go with that word because we want to be all inclusive here. Yeah, yeah. All like, the things. We don't want to discriminate against anything exactly. by not... Roasting, roasting it. it. We'll, put, we'll put anything on blast. That's right. Overrated to... is literally written in all capital letters on our sheet. So there may be some yelling involved. There might be. Yeah. So this is the part where we pick something that is overrated in our eyes. All right. Roasted Isaac. What are we doing? My overrated this week is the whole mentality of pushing through when you're sick oh. and doing the things that you think that you should be doing while you're sick uh -huh. and contagious because that is. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> Who hurt you, Isaac? Oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> So just this last week, someone who will remain unnamed was <laughs> sick. And they went to a function that I was at oh, no. sick. And a couple days later, me and my wife both got sick. No. And I missed two full days of work ahead uh. of the three-day weekend, which I know you're thinking, oh, you got to binge watch your favorite shows. No, I was in the bathroom the entire 48-hour uh, period. Oh, that is the worst. And I know why it happened, because <laughs> we have this thing. The world is going to stop if I don't go to work. Yes. Or everything is going to fall apart if I'm not there. And it's look, true. if you are sick, if you have any <laughs> amount of fever, if you feel like you could be contagious, stay home. Don't don't go. The world will be there when you come out of your sick coma <laughs> and you true. haven't gotten anyone else caught up in your nastiness because it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in fact, I checked out this article and I think this was from Newsweek and they were basically saying there's this whole mentality about people going to work and just pushing through when they're sick. But yeah. they're saying, look, you can infect people around a six foot radius if you've got the flu. Ugh. And they made the point that other people aren't as strong as you are and yes. you could really damage someone. If they get sick. Okay, I'm going to push back. You ready? Oh, no. Bring it. I'm ready. Where do you draw the line? Oh. To me, that's the hard part. Yeah, I got right? you. Because yeah. like you wake up and you have a stuffy nose. If I didn't come to work every single time I didn't feel 100%, yeah. I would miss a lot of work. I feel you. I, I true. really don't 
feel like yeah. that's an option. Yeah. Especially, I will say, having kids that's, has yeah. totally changed how often I don't feel well because they spread germs like crazy. Yeah. Okay. They're just, yeah. that's literally their reason for existence. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's just rearrange yeah. germs. Yeah. So they rearrange them all over me and my household. <laughs> yeah. And then I get sick a lot more often. Sometimes, you know, if you're having this 48 hour bug where you're like puking your guts out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. come to work clearly. Mm. But if you have a little bit of a sore throat, that's yeah. true. Like if you're in the early stages of it and you're like, okay, I don't know, that's fine. You can be questionable about it. But I'm saying if you find yourself in bed weighing the options, that's where I'm like, look, mm. don't, don't Just do this. Don't. You can come to work with a headache or a stuffy nose. I do that half the time because of allergies, but yeah. you know where you're at. You know, that whole debate you have with yourself when you're standing in the bathroom. Can I do this today? Yeah. If you're asking, can you do this today? I'm don't saying do stay it. home. Yeah. Don't don't do this. Your work is not worth it. <laughs> it's overrated. <laughs> and now it is time for our third and final new segment of season three. I'm very excited about this one, guys. Yes. I'm really interested yes, to see how this is going to go. It's called Mad Lib the News. Mm. <laughs> Basically, it's the news, but now with 200% more fun. Exactly. <laughs> because, look, news is important, right? You yes. got to be involved in what's going on in the world. We need to be in the know, okay? So we're not trying to say that the news is bad or that you shouldn't be paying attention to what's happening in current events or anything like that. Right. But we also all get kind of tired of the constant news cycle, yes. right? I mean, because we're just constantly getting barraged by news and most of it's negative. And so we thought, what if we just took the negative news, replaced <laughs> a few keywords here or there, and then kind of see what we come up with. Maybe it would kind of make the news a little bit more entertaining. Brilliant. Right? So we're going to give this a try today. I have picked out a special article for our first version of Mad Lib the News. I'm going to ask you guys for some parts of speech awesome. to okay. fill out this story. And then I'm going to attempt to read the story in my best news anchor voice <laughs> yes. without okay. cracking. Awesome. And we're going to just give the story like we would in a newscast. Okay. Yes. So that's, that's how that's going to work. Okay. So we're going to start with a verb. I need a good verb. What do we got? Uh, cry. Cry. Got it. Solid. <laughs> Verb. All right. Now I need a number. 42. Now I need a game. It could be a board game, a sport, uh, whatever. Just some sort of game. Monopoly. Cry Monopoly. I love where this is going. <laughs> Monopoly, by the way, my wife hates Monopoly. So that would it's be like an her, appropriate verb to pair with Monopoly. Yes, yes cry. cry and Monopoly. <laughs> That's like her least favorite game in the world. That's awesome. All right. A noun. Uh... Gerbil. Gerbil. I like it. <laughs> Creative. All right. So now we're going to start testing your part of speech knowledge. Okay. To see if you remember your sentence diagramming oh, from uh, sixth grade. Now I need an adjective. Harry. Ah, Isaac was on No it. hesitation. <laughs> Gotta unpack them adjectives. Harry. Now I need another noun. Actually, I need a noun from both of from you. Both? I, I need right. two okay. nouns. Go so ahead, each Isaac of you come up with me. a noun. All right. Yeah. Brick. I was going to say brick. Seriously? That's awesome. Oh, of that's all awesome. of the nouns in the world, you both were thinking of brick. Well, we're staring at a brick wall in the studio. Uh, okay. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I was like, really? There's like an, <laughs> theoretically almost an infinite number of nouns to choose from. And you both amazing. thought of brick. Okay. 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 Uh, forehead. Is that a noun? That's yeah. a noun. It's okay. a thing. I guess. It's a thing. It's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> all right. Now I need a TV show. Oh. Oh, I got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Golden Girls. Okay. I need two verbs. One past tense and one present tense. Present tense. I'll keep the present tense. I'll go slap. <laughs> I like it. Slap. Crashed. Now I need two more nouns. One from each of you. Make it count. Uh... Don't say brick. <laughs> brick two. <laughs> brick? Okay. You already used that one. Traffic cone. Oh. I'm going to go skateboard. I like that one, too. All right. That is all the words we need for the story. So Yay. now we are going to, with the magic of podcasts, <laughs> take a quick break, compile our story, and then read the news. Awesome. You ready? Ready. And now a news update from Real Talk Action News. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty good, isn't it? That yes. looks so good. All right. You ready for this? Ready. <clears throat> Colin... <laughs> I made it one word that didn't in. Take long. <laughs> I didn't even get to any of the words we added yet. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. Okay, I'm excited. I really hope people don't get horribly offended by this. Okay, okay. Colin Kaepernick will be featured in Nike's signature "Just Cry" campaign <laughs> as it celebrates its 42nd anniversary. <laughs> oh. 
my nice. gosh. Kaepernick, a professional Monopoly player, <laughs> began, <laughs> began taking a gerbil during the national anthem in 2016 <laughs> to bring attention to hairy injustices. <laughs> Other bricks joined him in taking a gerbil during the anthem, which drew the ire of President Forehead. <laughs> So good! <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like Golden Girls, President Forehead tweeted, <laughs> whose ratings have gone way down, Nike is absolutely getting crashed with boycotts and traffic cones. <laughs> I just find it hard to watch, and I always will, until they slap those gerbils. <laughs> he tweeted. Slap them. Oh dear. Nike did not immediately respond to requests for a skateboard. <laughs> And this concludes oh my God. this episode of Real Talk Action News. Bless. Bless everything. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for the conversation. I feel like we're still kind of coming down off of the <laughs> high are. of that Mad Lib Woo. the News segment. Slowly recovering. President Forehead. <laughs> It's going to take a little while to recover it, from. It could. But we're going to try to turn the corner here <laughs> and have a serious discussion. We're talking about quiet time on this edition of The Conversation. We call this episode Quiet Time, which is honestly kind of a tongue-in-cheek name yes. that we're ascribing to this practice. Because if you grew up in the evangelical church, you grew up with this as a concept, right. mm-hmm. uh, kind of being a core tenant of Christianity, right? Like yeah. It's something that we are told from a very young age, we need to make space for. You mm-hmm. need to have your daily quiet time Yes, to the point where it's almost become a bit of a meme. And so there's some really interesting questions around this. One, is a quiet time, the concept of a quiet time, even biblical? Is that something that we should be doing every day? Mm. Is it something that could become legalistic? Could we go too far the other way and say, no, we can throw all that out the window and we don't need to have any time with God at all, right? Right. That's probably not the right answer either. So figuring out how to navigate this is something that I think is difficult for all of us. And then there's the wrinkle that you add, like Dana pointed out when she brought up this question, what do we do with just our general busyness and all of the distractions and all the other priorities that we're trying to make room for? How does this fit in in the context of all of that other stuff? So just a few different things that we want to try to discuss on the conversation. So here's kind of where I want to start, guys. Let's talk about our history with this <laughs> spiritual discipline. Have you experienced successes in this area? Have you experienced failures in this area? How has that looked for you personally? I feel like at the start of this year, I don't know how to say this other than sounding like I'm bragging about it, but I feel like I was at my best I had been before keeping a consistent schedule. Like, I don't know about like mm. the depth of it, but mm-hmm. For lack of a better, I mean, it was, it was consistent. So yeah. I started it in January as part of like my resolution to try to read the Bible in a year. And yeah. I would wake up and do like a couple of chapters in the morning at like five. Wow. Do breakfast and then like go to work. And I think was, I remember you even talking yeah, about it on did. an yeah. episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I used the uh, version app and it was really fun. And I, for some reason, just kind of like fell off of that. But mm. it lasted a couple of months and I felt like it was really good. And I don't know if it was just the effect of like knowing that I had a routine set up that I was like Mm -hmm. a little bit proud of, like, Oh, this is neat. I'm trying Mm -hmm. this thing. And, and I fell off of that majorly, which was Mm -hmm. why I was like, so how long, how long did you make it? I think I made it like 66 or 67 days. So like in a row of like doing it every day. So when you did fall off, was it Kind of a like slow fade to borrow a casting crowns line. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd just like to apologize wow. for, no, for doing never, that. never apologize. Or was, or was it kind of just, oh, I missed a day and now I'm done. Like I failed. I'm the type where like I'm an all or nothing kind of. Mm. So I missed a day and then I was like, well, it's all over. And it's not that I like, <laughs> like intentionally quit it. It was more like. I missed a day. I felt bad about it. And then the motivation to like mm. pick up the next day and yeah. start like just waned really quickly when it started showing me like, Oh, you have three days to catch up. I'm like, I'm not reading nine chapters right now. Mm. Like I'm, I don't have time for that. Rather mm. than be behind, I would rather quit something. Mm. <laughs> and that's, that's where mm. I fell off. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to remember like my first official quiet times. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it all went back to like youth group and, Maybe sixth grade. Yes. And mm. that's when I distinctly remember going to youth group and them talking about it. They handed me a little like quiet time journal oh, and yeah. I would sit at the table at breakfast, six o'clock in the morning and read like a Psalm or a proverb or whatever. Yeah. 
And I will say, like you're saying, Isaac, it was beneficial. I saw the benefits of it for sure. But over time, I think what happened for me, at least, was I started turning it into this like, I have to do this every day in this specific way in order to earn God's favor. Like that's kind of what it morphed into. And that's not wasn't the intention of the youth group, I don't think. But that's for me, the baggage that I took on and started to turn it into if this doesn't happen in exactly this way and exactly like everyone else is doing it, or if I don't write this much or read this much, then it doesn't count. I think I'm very similar to both of you guys in that I've had times in my life, I think, for seasons where I've been successful, I guess you could say, in Mm -hmm. this area, at least having some sort of time alone with God. Mm. But also sounds like you guys, I don't think I've ever really been able to sustain that for a really long period of time, Mm -hmm. at least what I would call a long period of time. I think probably the best I've ever done was, you know, maybe a few months at a time or Mm -hmm. or something like that before I've kind of fallen off the wagon and then had to get back on down the road. And what you said, Isaac, I think kind of rings true for me of I kind of have this attitude as well of like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it every day and I'm going to follow this schedule. I'm going to read the Bible in a year. I'm going to read this book in this much time. I'm going to set this like hard goal for myself. And then as soon as like the first crack Mm -hmm. opens up, I miss a day or something. Mm -hmm. Now I'm behind. And then it's usually just a matter of days before I'm right. I'm completely done with it. And so it's that first slip up that really seems to get me because I have this expectation of perfection almost like I'm never going to miss a day. I'm never going to mess this up. And then as soon as I'm imperfect, well, throw in the towel. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to be done. And there's like this guilt attached to it because it's always like, I always tell myself, well, I have time. I watch TV. I have time to read the Bible. Right. And like <laughs> Sometimes you really just want to sit and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a really good point. And something that I was kind of thinking about with this is I think part of the challenge is that having a daily quiet time or a daily devotional time, whatever you want to call it seems simple. Yeah. yeah. Like theoretically me taking say 10 or 15 minutes out of my day to read and or pray is something that I ought to be able to accomplish. Right. Yeah, right. Surely I have a window of time, some point in my day of 15 minutes that I could take to do this thing that is supposedly the biggest and most important thing right. in my life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I ought to be able to do that. And yet I don't, mm-hmm. I fail at that the vast majority of the yeah. time. Right? Right, right. And so I think that amplifies the guilt when you feel like the task is easy and yet it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like it should be easy, but it never is. Yeah, why can't I do this? Right. Yeah. That just makes me feel like even more of a failure. Oh, yeah. That in turn makes you less likely to want to come back to it. Right. If there's right. something that's making you feel guilty, that's hanging over you. You're not going to be like, I want to go do that thing. Yay. Yeah. yeah. And I think we naturally compare to what we think other people are doing yes. not not ever what they're actually doing but like my idea of what someone who's spiritually strong in my life is doing like right. mm-hmm. i get these little pictures in my mind of my friends up in the morning reading his bible <laughs> right being way better of a person than i am and that, that mm-hmm. just like the need to compete with that is exhausting so mm-hmm. i just don't want to do it yeah, you know I, think, I, mean? like, yeah. I think just, getting a dose of reality in this area would probably be a really great first step oh, yeah. Like, yeah. i mean for okay sure. so like we look at the three of us we're over three basically yeah. is what yeah. we're saying, right? Exactly. Like none of us have really had a significant amount of sustained success in this area. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're saying all of us are struggling with this. I think if we can extrapolate that across the population, not that there aren't people who have been successful in this area, right. I'm sure there are, but for most people it's a struggle or at the very least it's a challenge. Yeah. Right. I don't know that I've ever talked to anybody who just said like, Oh yeah, it just comes really easily and I don't have to work at it at all. Mm. Like, you know, that's just not the way it is. And yet we kind of create these misconceptions in our mind. Yeah. We expect that. And then, yeah, when we don't feel it, it's like, what's wrong with me? Right. And then you don't come back because (laughs) why would I want to try something again that I literally have never been able to be successful at? Right. Exactly. You know, if I failed at a thing for 20 years, like Mm. what's going to change next time? Right. Exactly. The next time New Year's rolls around and I can make a New Year's resolution. You know what? I'm not even going (laughs) to resolve to read the Bible in a year because I've tried that before. I know how that goes. I quit in February. I think Mm. even viewing it as something to be checked off of a to do list is probably something that we've gotten incredibly wrong. Like Mm. when we make it a daily task or like your daily quiet time or your morning quiet time, it becomes something that is Mm. forgotten and missed where when it just becomes this overarching goal, I don't forget to eat. Like (laughs) it's something that I need that my body has a physical desire to do, Mm. but I don't schedule 
the desire to eat when it your happens, body tells you yeah so you like need to eat. sometimes like i feel oh i haven't prayed in a while and i pray like that's my mm. sort of like i catch myself making it a daily chore is just not what i can do so let's talk a little bit more about that because i think that's a really interesting point that you bring up yeah this idea of like what part of having a daily quiet time or yeah. spending time with god is something that really ought to be part of what we're doing and where do we kind of go off the rails and turn this into like a legalistic issue mm. like where do we kind of draw the line between those two things yeah i think that it's something that we can all agree is just the most important thing we can be doing but we're so clearly not doing it well if we're over three right now and we've all taken the approach of okay this is my daily regimen of knocking out my time with god mm. like mm. i think that there's something that's got to be reworked in that where we change our mentality on it i feel even more guilty making god a thing to be checked off versus yeah. not doing it at all, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. What does scripture say we're, right. we're supposed to yeah. be doing in this area? Yeah. When I research that, the two things that I see are reading scripture and prayer. Those are two spiritual disciplines. I think that there's ample evidence in the Bible that God is calling us to actively participate in those mm. things. Mm -hmm. Right. But it doesn't say have a, a one hour daily quiet time every <laughs> right. morning, right? Like that's, right. that's not anywhere in scripture. What it does say is pray without ceasing and write God's commands on your foreheads, write them on the doorpost, like integrate scripture into your life, right. integrate prayer into your life. I mm. almost think maybe in our zeal to do that in a probably well-intentioned effort to do that, we've kind of said, okay, I need to set apart a time of day to do these things. Right. But when I read those commands, it kind of almost seems like the opposite instead of sectioning them off and making right. them part of like this morning routine or this 15 minute session, prayer should be an integral part of the entirety of my day. Yeah. Right. Or reading scripture. Like I need to integrate the act of like interacting with scripture into my daily existence, right. hmm. whether it be on my own or with my spouse or with my kids, right. like scripture should be a part of the conversation of my life. I kind of wonder if sometimes we don't get a little bit carried away with kind of sectioning these things off into some sort of devotional routine, hmm. as opposed to saying like, no, I should be praying not just before meals and during my devotions or whatever, but right. whenever I feel that hunger pang yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Right, Isaac? That's a really good point. I had a conversation not too long ago with a friend and she was talking about her own struggle with like, ah, just like sitting down and having time with God. I feel all this guilt and I feel it feels legalistic. It feels overwhelming. I don't know what to do about this. And yet she said, I'll find myself loading the dishwasher and I'll think about my son and the specific situation he's mm. going through. And I'll just like, as I'm doing it, it just comes out of me. I'll shoot up a prayer. You know, God, please, can you help him with this thing? And this, the, this is going on and it, it comes from her heart and it just happens. And then she realizes like, oh, I'm praying right now. Right. It happens. And it, it wasn't like a forced, I have to sit down and do this now. Right. And yet she said, why doesn't that feel like enough? It's good to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do with the concept of quiet time. Right. Mm. But at the same time, the goal is to have it saturating our entire life. Right. Like you're talking about while you're loading the dishwasher, while you're changing the diaper, while you're doing whatever. Right. Why have we decided that that's not OK? Yeah. We have to be really careful with methodologies. Mm -hmm. Not having a quiet time isn't the same as explicit sins outlined in the Bible. Mm. Like we said, there's no command saying thou shalt have a quiet time of reading the Bible and praying every morning at five right. o'clock. <laughs> like that's not one of the Ten Commandments. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yet we almost sometimes feel like it's a sin maybe yeah. that we didn't have our, our, our organized yeah. quiet time right. that morning. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that that has kind of almost become kind of this pharisaical mm. kind of thing for us at times. What I'm not saying is that having a daily quiet time is pharisaical. No, no, like, no. I'm just saying it can become that. Yeah. Right. Right. Like for certain people or at certain mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. I read this quote specifically on the guilt thing that I think is, was really kind of helpful for me. It's from a, a pastor named Greg Herrick. And he said, when we're doing a quiet time or when we're spending time with God or trying to deepen our spiritual relationship with God, we're not working for grace. We're working from grace. Mm -hmm. And I think like that just really resonated with me yeah. because I've heard you drop the G word guilt several times already yeah, in this yeah. podcast, Kara. Yeah. And that's something that, that I think I feel, and I'm sure you probably do as well, Isaac. I feel like yeah. guilt is a big mm -hmm. part of this discussion. When we feel guilt, it's because we are unwittingly basing our worthiness before God on our work instead of his. Mm. So in other words, having a quiet time 
is a way that I earn God's favor as opposed to a response to yes. God's favor. Yes. No, God favors me and therefore yeah. I want to connect yeah. at a deeper level with him. Mm. Not I need to connect at a deeper level with God to earn his favor. Mm. And that's such an important distinction Yeah, because when we're operating solely out of a place of guilt, that becomes defeatist so quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. Because then all it takes is that one day where you miss or that one day where you feel disconnected right. and all of a sudden God's favor has been lost. Right. But if we operate from this like place of no, that's not something you can lose. You could go the next five years without ever having a quiet time and God does not love you any less. I was about to say that, right? Like, it's like, so important to remember that there is oh, so much true. grace. Like it can be hard to jump back into a, a routine or even like intentional mm-hmm, loading the mm-hmm. dishwasher prayer because to mm-hmm. quote Kanye, like I want to talk to God, but I'm scared because we ain't spoken so long. Like, <laughs> that's the very, like I've, I remember hearing that and I'm like, oh man, like it's, true. Oh. Mm-hmm. it's a thing. This reminds me, most things in life we've got you know, you've got a workout app, Anson, you're running right now and you're tracking your progress. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's very motivating to you. That's that's not motivating to me at all, mm-hmm. because it brings me back right into this place that you're talking about of feeling like this is a performance. I'm never going to be able to do enough. Right. And so for me, like the whole goal of intentional time whatever that looks like, whenever it looks like that I spend with God is about remembering that Jesus came to lift our burdens, not to put more on us. And so I need to be able to wrap my head around it and see it more as an ongoing conversation and a safe place where I don't have to perform to earn God's approval, where I'm reminded that I'm loved, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and that I can freely live from that place of being already loved. So if it's not about guilt and it shouldn't be, I think we all agree on that. What do I conclude? Does that mean, cool, I am living in grace and freedom, right? Like we could go way on to that end and say like, all right, so I'm free. There's grace. I don't have to worry about any of this, right? Yeah, so I don't have to do it. Right. But obviously, I mean, I think we could all think pretty clearly and intuitively that because of the distractions and interruptions that happen in our lives, like devoting some sort of concentrated, uninterrupted time to prayer and scriptural mm-hmm. meditation makes sense. Right. We probably need to find a space for that mm. somewhere. We've talked about a number of other spiritual mm. issues on the podcast. And in several of them, I remember ending the discussion saying the thing that we're getting at that like would really help us in this area is just drawing closer to God. <laughs> yeah. Like that solves a lot of other issues, yeah. Not, yeah. not solves them in the sense that like we never struggle with them again, No, but it helps us make progress in a lot of other right. areas, yeah. drawing closer to God. And Spending uninterrupted time with God is a really good way to do that, right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. And so this really is a fundamental like starting point mm. for helping us in a lot of areas of our lives. Yeah. Mm. And so I just think it's important to drive home the point that at the same time, while we're saying maybe this doesn't have to look like the traditional youth group quiet time, mm. which I totally agree with. Let's also not get rid of it completely. Right. 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 There's a there's a balance there, essentially. I think it's so important to blend it to what actually works for you. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you're finding that in your day. You're absolutely swamped in the morning. Like instead of trying to fight your routine to put in a 15 minute window where like Mm -hmm. you really don't get the full 15 minutes out of it. If you have a drive into work that's 20 minutes long and you want to just spend that time reflecting and talking Mm -hmm. to God, Mm -hmm. that works. Like that's what I do on my commute, like on my drive back home, kind of decompressing from work. Mm. I use a little bit of that drive to like just sort of pray about the things that's on my mind. Why can't that be enough for me? Like, why do I have attached Mm -hmm. guilt saying? I didn't get quiet time today. Like, Mm. why does it have to be this formal idea? The guilt driven perspective says, oh, I missed day 68. Yeah. Whereas like the love driven perspective says, Mm -hmm. I pray to God every morning on my way to work. Why isn't that good enough for Mm. myself? Not, Mm. not why isn't that good enough for God? Because that's not the question. Right. Right. Like, why do I struggle with that not being enough? Mm. Obviously, we've already confessed that (laughs) that we're not experts in this area. So we don't have this figured out. But as you've reflected on this, what are the things as you think about it where you go, maybe this could help motivate me or this could work for me or this methodology? One note about methodologies, like you said, is it's not prescriptive, but you think of it like a toolbox or maybe a better way to think of it would be like a set of paintbrushes. Say we're going to paint a picture Mm. and all these different paintbrushes work for different things and creating different strokes. And so. Maybe the tool or the paintbrush that you use is different from someone else's, but that's mm. all we're doing is, is right. compiling yeah. a set of those. One tool that I've talked about with some friends, I think Gary Thomas is his name. He wrote a book called Sacred Pathways, and it's basically about how God has designed us differently with uh, certain personalities and 
within those personalities and the way he's put it together, we all probably have certain ways that we gravitate towards how we connect with God. Different pathways are like naturalists, people who feel most connected to God when they're outside, Mm. when they're on a hike or Mm. on a lake, something like that. Sensates are people who love God with the senses. So they're moved by taste, touch, smell, sound, and sight. Traditionalists, loving God through ritual and symbol. There's people who love God in solitude and simplicity. Activists, loving God through confrontation. Caregivers, loving God by loving others. So there's a there's a whole list of these. I think they're really fascinating. And if you look this up, each different style, they have ideas about ways that you can connect with God through that. Mm. So there's like a celebration idea. There's a conversational prayer idea. There's a worship idea. There's different ways that they say, try these. Here's some yeah, different yeah, ideas. Yeah ways you can connect with God if this is your primary style. So now it's not that we don't all maybe take bits and pieces of this, but there may be one that you are geared more towards. Right. And it just might be some helpful ideas of different ways to try. Yeah. I, I love the idea of kind of this rich tapestry of like ways yes. that we yeah. can deepen our relationship with God. Mm. Yeah. One thing that that kind of makes me think of something that I was reading, one author pointed out that quiet time, no matter how you do it, is eventually going to grow stale. That's just mm. life. And yeah. you kind of have to accept that everything wears out except for Jesus. Right. Mm. Everything. And so like these styles that you're talking about are really good and tapping into your primary one could be really helpful. Yeah. But it's probably still going to wear out eventually. Yeah. If your thing is loving God through nature, if you go out every single morning for a Mm -hmm. hike or whatever, eventually you may kind of get tired of that. It's very possible. And you may need to turn to one of these others at some point. Exactly. And the more tools that you have in your toolbox, the more brushes that you have, the easier it is to pick up another one when one of the others starts to run dry. Yeah. Right. So if, if something is running dry in your life, try changing to one of these other ones. Yeah. Pick another one that you think might work for you yeah. and switch to that. If you've stuck with reading the Bible for 67 days in a row yeah. and by day 68, you're starting to go, Whew, this is getting a little bit like, you know, <laughs> yeah, change, do switch something else. Up. That's something that we all go through because you're saying like, if you get bored after 68 days of doing it, do something else. I know that that should be like a simple concept. But it's but not. I just heard that. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, it's such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Burnout is just real. It yeah. just it, it just happens in with mm. everything. And, yeah. and so that was honestly good, one of my biggest takeaways from all of the research and reading on this that I did mm. was that everything wears out except for Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And so that's the one part of this that stays the same yeah. through the whole thing. Mm. God is still there. God still loves us. Mm. We are still covered by God's grace no matter what we do or what we don't do. Right. Mm. And so don't get so attached to any one routine or any one thing yes. that it blinds you from that fact. It is my turn to share a personal on repeat this week. And my on repeat is known by Torin Wells. Fully known and loved by So I mentioned earlier, listening to a lot of wedding songs right now, and this one honestly has been on the list as a maybe for a wedding song, even. The lyrics are so beautiful. And Tornwells said that this song was inspired by a quote from Tim Keller, which my fiance and I have been talking about a lot lately, this particular quote. He says, to be loved and not known is comforting, but superficial. To be known but not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and fully loved is a lot like being loved by God. Mm. Mm. And that's what this song is based on, is the fact that God can look at us and see us and all of our failures and flaws and still love us fully somehow. Some of the lyrics of this song that I, I love how he puts this, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace. It's not one or the other. We're fully known and fully loved by him. And that's kind of a mind blowing concept. Yeah. I mean, that that's one of the core issues that we're struggling with today. Yeah, and, it and is. Really, probably historically for all Forever. time. Yeah. But I think that just seems so incredibly relevant and pertinent to yeah. kind of the Christian cultural struggle that's happening right now. Yeah. Because I mean, it's one of my deepest fears. And even I've it's come out as I've got to know my fiance more and more. And half the time, when we're in a conflict, it'll all come back to this and I'll go, you know what? I'm afraid that if you're disappointed with me for any reason, that it means you won't love me. And he's like, no, 
It's not how this works. And so I feel like I'm getting hit with this message from all sides right now in a really good, beautiful, ridiculous grace kind of way. My repeat this week is something that our beta testers voted as the number one song in the last week. It's Growing Pains by Alicia Cara. But still the growing pains, growing pains, they're keeping me up at night. All right, I'm going to hop on this with full disclosure. (laughs) I did not vibe with this song until I really looked at it again. A second time today when we were recording it, I sat and I watched Alicia Cara's Genius video talking about her song. Uh I thought this was another poppy song. I I misjudged it. (laughs) Hearing her talk about it and hearing her kind of write really sort of opened my eyes to this song. I'm going to read off just a couple of the words here. I can't see the sun when young should be fun. And that's the end of the first verse. Honestly, watching her video talk about how she wrote the song when she was turning 22 as a young woman and how Mm. everyone is telling you that this is the best time of your life, but Mm. you internally feel so confused and you feel like you're just in this state of constant growth Mm. and you don't really have a mastery of anything yet. So you're just trying to fail at everything. Yes. And meanwhile, everyone is still telling you like, oh, this is the best time of your life. Yeah. I heard that. And then I re-listened to the song and I'm like, oh, dang, (laughs) this is low key deep. It is. (laughs) And really, I have to give a thousand shouts to Alicia Cara because Mm. listening to it a second time, I can totally understand why you beta testers are on board with this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This song is a certified bop. Yeah. Knowing the story behind it. I highly encourage you to check out her genius video. I do think there is some depth to this song. That is probably why it's resonating with our listeners. Uh, I know even you, Kara, I think have mentioned like this song in particular has meant something to you. It has. And it's been stuck in my head lately a lot, too. I'll literally wake up in the morning thinking about just the chorus, you know, Band-Aids for the growing pains and how any sort of change in our lives brings about growing pains. And I think it's good to acknowledge. Okay, yeah. It makes sense that this is challenging because it's growing pains. And that's that's what happens when you grow. There's some stretching involved and it hurts sometimes. Yeah. And I think there's something really unifying when we all admit mm-hmm. none of us know what we're doing. Yes. And this is crazy. <laughs> and this is kind of one of those songs admitting that this is mm-hmm. all of us growing together. There's no band-aids for it. This is mm-hmm. just something that we get through. And I think mm-hmm. this can be empowering to acknowledge that. Good song. I was wrong. You guys were right. <laughs> I will always admit that. All right. And this week, I have the joy of representing the beta testers choice for their not on repeat, but on delete. <laughs> Their least favorite song of the week, Enemies by No Big Deal. I got the recipe, recipe. us, I'ma let it be, I'ma spread the love. Now I got no enemies, I got no enemies. All right, so let's talk about Enemies and let's talk about No Big Deal. So this song didn't necessarily get like a bunch of hate it scores from mm-hmm. our beta testers, but they were very lukewarm on it. Okay. 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 Kind of middle of the road scores, kind of saying, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's a fine song, but it's not my favorite. So first, let's talk no big deal. I love this guy. He's a happy rapper. Mm. <laughs> And I kind of like that. Don't get me wrong. There are some guys out there who I really love, say like a Derek Minor or Propaganda would probably be another one where they're like on Propaganda's side, very, very deep and intellectual Mm. and really kind of confronting in terms of making you think. And then there's people like Derek Minor. He has a new song called Of Course that just sounds mean (laughs) in a cool way. It's just intense. No big deal is kind of on the opposite side of that. He raps about like Skittles, rainbows and this the I was going to ask, is this the purple dinosaur guy? Yes, this is the purple dinosaur guy. totally. I heard someone listen to that song for the first time the other day and go, what is this? (laughs) And I kind of get it. It's kind of this, it's riff off the Barney song. But I don't know. There's there's something about his style that I think is really appealing to listen to Mm. because sometimes you you just want something kind of lighter and more fun. And sometimes that's a little bit harder to find in the hip hop genre. This song in particular is called Enemies. And basically he raps about this concept of having haters. This might be something that we struggle to identify with because we're not necessarily as ingrained into hip hop culture, but Mm. there's kind of this movement happening in hip hop culture. They're actually placing a relatively high value on Mm. having haters, on having enemies. My self-worth is determined by how many people 
are hating on my mm. position or my status yeah. or my lifestyle. He's basically saying that's backwards and really weird if you think about it. And <laughs> yeah. that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And so he's kind of making an anthem in favor of reconciliation. It's not cool to stunt on your haters. That's mm, not yeah. something we need to be glamorizing because the whole point of mm. the gospel is that we are to love our enemies. Mm, and yeah. so this whole hating on our haters thing doesn't make a lot of sense. And I get, again, maybe some of that is unique to hip hop culture, but mm-hmm. I think there's also some of that that transcends that a little bit too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We live in a hater culture. We hate people who think differently than us and, yeah. and we hate them aggressively, yeah, right? Yeah. And with yeah. passion. The mm-hmm. whole line that he repeats over and over and is, is I ain't got no enemies. Mm-hmm. Like if you believe the gospel, you don't have enemies. I like no big deal as well, but I think that maybe I can understand a little bit why this could kind of seem a little weird. I think that a song like enemies is coming at a time where people righteously and furiously want to point out what they aren't and mm. who the enemy is. And mm. I think that someone coming through with like a chill rap song is like, yeah, we're all friends. People are like, no, we're not. <laughs> why would you like, say that? Immediately Twitter blows up. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a song where we can aspire to enjoy Uh, maybe like I think that everyone can have their opinions on it but I understand why people might have felt a little bit lukewarm on it All right, guys, that wraps up the premiere episode of season three. It's good to be back. It is. I'm really really excited about getting back together for the podcast. Really good conversation today. I think basically where we all left it was we each need to start a Bible reading program tomorrow, (laughs) 5 (laughs) a.m. For the next 365 days precisely. Don't miss a day. Is it a leap year? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's not exactly what we said. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.